With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a chair we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily. This is your Wednesday night show. Um, as always, it's brought to you by Paddy Power. Paddy Power is a bookies and app, a website. If you gamble, please gamble responsibly, and try to do so with Paddy Power. They have great offers on football, on Liverpool, our own specials on Liverpool, every other sport going, and everything else beyond that. But as I always say, gamble responsibly. Um what are we going to have tonight? Well, tonight we're going to talk, I want to talk a little bit about Marco Gruwich, who's been in the press a little bit today. I want to speak about the upcoming game at Manchester United, some developments there this afternoon, I suppose, on players' availability, etc. And look, anything else that comes in. With me tonight is Chris Brack. Chris, how are you? Liverpool ladies did not lose at the weekend or the other night or whenever they played. So that's that look, the week is looking good already, isn't it? Yeah, good post start. They finally got the first point on the board. Uh, they played, they played really well, to be honest. They were very unfortunate not to get the win. And you said to me just before they come on, they keep conceding the same goal. Yeah, I think it's at least twice now, maybe three times. We've had, uh, the opposition winger go to cross the ball, overhit the cross, and it dips in top corner. A bit like Koncheski in the FA Cup final. I don't okay. know how many times I've seen that goal. It's, it's, that's when the luck's not going for you. But in fairness, the the, the lady we've got from Man City, uh, Mel Lawley, seems to be running the show. And then we've got very, two very good young wingers in Neve Charles and Rizola Babajidi, who won the penalty. Are exciting. Then we've still got a very good goal scorer in Sweetman Kirk, who I'm pretty sure once you get the first of the season, she'll be she'll go on a run like she did last year. Absolutely fluent. Well, good to hear that they um they they weren't beaten and they've a point on the board and, and it's all going well. North Red is in and says hello, old chap. Hello, old beans. 
you'll never walk alone. I don't know what that means, but I like it. I, I genuinely do. I think it's good. It's uh, <laughs> it's one of the better forced comments I've seen on this show. Usually the forced comment is hello or how are we, but that's that's a really good one from Not Red. Um, Chris, between me and you tonight, we are going to invite people on to ask us some Liverpool-based questions, quiz-type questions. The reason being, I tried to find an opponent and couldn't for tonight. So... What we're going to do is, between me and you, we'll take the questions and see if we can answer every one of them correctly uh, between now and the end of the show. Is that okay with you? Yes, that's a good challenge. That. That's yeah. like good okay. So anybody that's watching, if you have a random question, Liverpool question, anything at all, throw it in there and uh, we'll see how we get on. Alan says, all right, Gav. Yes, I'm absolutely fine, Alan. Good to see you. Um, right. First thing I want to talk about, Chris, is Marco Grewich in the press today, following on from Bev Woodburn, uh, who's on loan at Oxford, if I remember right, and has just picked up an injury that will keep him out for a couple of months. He, you know, expresses desire to still be in the reckoning to be a Liverpool player sometime in the future. Marco Grewich has come out and more or less said the same. He dreams of playing for Liverpool still. He's always in touch with the, the person that looks after the loans at Liverpool Football Club, and his main goal is to get back to Liverpool and become a regular in the first-team squad. Marco Grubic, for you, Chris, uh, just quickly off the bat, do you, do you think he stands a chance of coming back and being a regular in Liverpool's first-team squad? I think he's, I think he stands a chance because he's, he's young enough. Uh, but I think he's got something that clock lives. Uh, Physicality-wise, he's probably what he needs. I just can't quite work out because I, I must admit I haven't seen much of him in German football. Is. I'm not quite sure what his best position is because I don't think he's going to displace the Fabinho. So it's one of the other, it's one of the two other midfield positions. Where at the moment we are fairly well stocked. But I mean, to steal a bit of the Dato Raps thunder, uh, Neil actually were talking about this. If you looked at our squad at the moment, I think apparently we have the highest, uh, average age for starting for minutes playing the Premier this year. And he said, so when you look at our side, we have a lot of players 26 to 20 to 30 who are playing at the moment. Um, Trent's probably the exception. But we don't really have many in that middle range, as in like you know twenty two to twenty four. So possibly that's the idea. Is maybe next next year is when the likes of say Lovren and Lana probably move on. Maybe that's where Gruwich comes in. Yeah, I, I think that's where uh, the the most likely um, spot for him in, in in the squad is Lalana definitely gone, but Lalana for me is a bit more of a forward player than Gruwich. But then again, when I think of it, I can't see Gruwich coming in and being an understudy to Fabinho. Um, now that's probably me just looking at Gruwich as a player at Liverpool, and he he didn't look how do I put it as drilled. As, as other players in, in, in certain positions, he looked a bit more of a free spirit. So something along the lines of where Henderson plays or maybe a Wijnaldum plays. So there, he could get a chance in there, but I, I listened to the same podcast you're speaking about and Neil Atkinson makes a great point in the way we're stuck between, say, 26 and, and 29, 30. We're okay between, you know, 18 to, 18 to 21, there's one or two in there. And then the middle bit between 21 and 25, there's a bit of a gap. And he's just, he, he voiced a small concern over it. So Gruwich would be one that could get in there. But there seems to be a lot said about Gruwich. So for me, you, you know, do you know what it reminds me of, Chris? In a, it's slightly different. It's, it's probably a bit of a strange comparison. But when Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was injured and Rian Brewster were injured, most times you'll see them. You won't see them. You'll just, 
they'll, they'll appear one day as fit and in the squad or, or, or training with the force team. But there was constant updates over, over these two players, you know, on, on Liverpool me, social media all the time. And it just seems to be there's a constant with Grewich as well. That gives me the thinking that he's well in their plans and, and keeping fans up to date on his, on his up, on his, you know, his progression in Germany. It, it makes me think that they have got a plan for him. Yeah, I think I, I see what you mean. Yes, it's almost like keep, keeping the interest there. Whereas there are possible players quite alone that you never hear about, and those you never hear about, you probably never see them again. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I think you know. I mean, who's that Brazilian? Is it Alan? Oh, he, he went, just he, can't get a walk permit. He can't get a work permit, but he went, he went along to high flung places all over the all over the Europe. But you never really got an update that he was doing well, doing bad, doing different, which kind of made you think. This last, even if he does get a word, but he's probably never going to play. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, when when Klopp came in, I think, or maybe it was probably close to a year after he came in. Alan was back at the club, and Klopp raved about him and, and went on about that walk permit. But but I, I, like you, I, I just see that going on and on and on. And w- with Brexit, <laughs> with Brexit and things like that, it's going to make it even more difficult. As that may sound stupid, but it's just. Um, it's just, it's just one of those things. I, I don't see him playing for Liverpool, but just the update on Grewich, um, it interests me and, and I do, I can see a spot for where, where he could be, where it would be. I don't know. Like Alan says, Grewich isn't a Fabinho type player. He'd be after Hendel's spot on the team. I agree with Alan when he says that because I yeah. think he's, I, I don't know what he's like positionally and I'm trying to think of the word. I'm, I'm, there's a word in my head. I'm trying to get out here and, um, it, disciplined, disciplined is the word I'm looking yeah. for. And, I see him when, I, when I've watched and I've seen I'm going to be honest with you he's in Germany over a year now I've probably seen him play twice but he did look like one of those that he's a bit more creative than than people would would give him credit for and he has got the engine to get up and down so I agree with Alan when he says something like that um, who was who was here's a question who was Roy Evans for signing hmm. uh, that's a good one that it is a good one yeah you might have to have a little think over that and come back, but there's the first question in. Um, it's a very difficult one. I, I can't remember who asked it, but it's a really good question. Danny, Danny says, uh, United season ticket holder says to me, if we attack them, we batter them, but will we? Will Klopp be brave? Um, uh, we will get to that at the end, Danny, because I think it's, uh, it's something I've mentioned over the last, you know, probably the last four or five days is our attitude. And our approach to the game is huge. Absolutely huge. And um, Danny says again, Alan is 23 in March. It's not happening. I don't think it is. No. Um, Kevin Sullivan says he's playing in the six for Berlin, Gruwich. That surprises me. Um, because whenever I've seen him, he does love, love to break forward. Maybe it's just the way they play. Um, but look, it's, it's, it's one of those where just overall, I think me and Chris, all I hope he agrees with me when we say we do see a path from. And, and the updates constantly and the little things in the media will tell you that he's, he's very much in that plan. So would I be right in saying that, Chris? I think, yeah, is, the one who I think is more of a debate is probably Harry Wilson. Yeah. Because yeah. I would say the loan move's done him good, as in he's proven he probably is a Premier League standard player, which is good for him. I still, I'm trying to think where, where does he play for us? Because I don't think he's quick enough to play in the front three, which means that he, he's then goes that mixer of the midfield three. That is, he's, he's got a great free kicker in, but when is he ever going to get on a free kick for Liverpool? Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm still unsure how he was, whether he's sadly sort of like Mr. Boat, as in like, if he came, if he, if he broke in the scene two years ago, we'd probably see a lot more of him. Or if he was two years younger, 
you probably would have given more of a chance. I just feel I'm not sure of Harry Wilson whether he's he's, he's missed the boat for what we need. I think he's I, I think he's doing well at Bournemouth. And, you know, as you said, we've seen, um, sorry, I have to shout this out. Colin Torley, um, a friend of mine just says saphead. And that's just what he does at our every show. And when I don't read out these comments, uh, directed towards <laughs> me and abuse towards me, he gets very upset afterwards. So there you go, Carl. Your comment is being read out. Um, let me see, uh, Sorry, I will get back to Wilson now. Sorry, Dixon87. I'm trying to call these out before they disappear off the screen. My opinion, Grewich Milner is Milner's replacement, especially if we win the league, Milner to Leeds. Um, I hope that doesn't happen, Dixon. I hope Milner stays at the club. And if he does, not as a player, uh, definitely um, in, in the backroom staff, because I just think it's spoken about all the time. Milner's desire, uh, is, is, it, is, is, is influence over players in the squad is absolutely humongous. I think if he can get himself back to fitness... I think Chamberlain could be long-term Milner. Yeah. As in, he can play anywhere along the midfield. He can play fullback if you need him to, which is kind of what Milner is. The ultimate utility kind of player? You turn kind Chamberlain of, yeah. into? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. He's clever enough. Uh, but the big question with uh, Chambers is how quickly he gets back to the level we need him to get back to after such a horrible injury. That's the That's the only slight concern you have with him. Yeah, Stephen says uh, Klopp moles players so he can get Grewich where he what he wants. Yeah, or, or he can make Grewich what he wants. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think you have to. I'd like to see Grewich get if he is going to get a chance, get twelve to eighteen months under Klopp, um, properly under him, and and see where he develops him. You know, uh, Kev O'Sullivan says there. You know, I think it was Kev said it, it also keeps him in the public eye and, and the transfer value and stuff like that can be kept up. In fairness, they could have got a good deal. For him in the summer, and it got a, a really good good deal from, but but decided against it. So it's I just feel that the updates, as I said, I think it's it's just one where we're we're constantly looking at this player, and we're constantly keeping a track, and we have got a, a vision for him. Whether that's in a Milner spot, whether that's in a Henderson spot, a Lalana spot, but I do think he will come in, and he, he will be part of the squad at some stage. Uh, Stephen Max says Grewich is a big youngfle, and will. And a few years to fill, but it, fill out, but he, he has quality. Yeah, he does have the quality. I, I, it was just a discipline for me that would be a, an issue. I don't think football and is a problem. Just a little bit of a, a, a discipline thing, but that can, it's obviously being worked at in, in Barely, and I, I'm not, I wouldn't be 100% on his, on his record, but I haven't seen anything, you know, like reckless challenges or stuff like that. So it must be going well. Kevin Sullivan sees him as an A or a shift in formation to sign Sancho while playing a 4-2-3-1. Oh, the Sancho talk is off and running. Um, have you got a name for me for the four signing uh, under Roy Evans? Um, I'm trying to think. It was, it was around the time of Nigel Clough and all that, but I, I'm sort of thinking Nigel Clough and Neil Rook's too obvious. Yeah. I think it, it's going to be some... I'm trying to think who else he signed, but they're the two that initially come to mind, but I don't... I don't think it's there because I think, I think they were later. So, am I right in saying Roy Evans takes over in Liverpool in the start of the 93-94 season? Would that be I right? Think so. Yeah, I think it is. So, 93-94. I have a feeling the opening day in 94-95 was when we batter Palace at Selhurst Park. I could be getting my years wrong. So I think, that's also, I think that's also the year I had my first Liverpool game, which is near the end of it, where we beat Southampton 3-1. Right, so 94-95 is that season. So if we go back the season before then. So 
I'm trying to think, else, I think Dix was around them as well. Yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, could it be Dix? Uh, whoever asked the question, give us the answer because we, because we hear it's it on night, but. It's, it's going to annoy me, I bet it's like a goalkeeper that you, you forgot we signed. It could be one of those, but we'll, I'll, I'll throw, uh, Julian Dix. Will I throw him into the mix? Yeah, sure, why not? See what happens. Um, Northred says that Klopp must see something in him in Grew, which I think he does. I think he could have sold him easily for good money, um, yeah. as the, as the, uh, during the, the summer and he didn't. So. The one, the one benefit is if Grew, it's a if, if Grew, which is deemed good enough and he replaces Lawana, hmm. then in a nice way, that's a position upgrade, we're spending no money again, and we didn't spend any money this summer. So is that little stockpile to go, we didn't spend it last summer, so we go for someone big, you know, whether the Mbappe talk and Sancho talk is real, but I think if Liverpool are going to go spend big, that's that's the only way they're going to improve this squad now. Is if all the front three stay, they've got to get someone at that level. Yeah, they absolutely yeah. do. They absolutely. Dix is wrong. Uh, Stephen Kingsbury said Dix was a soon S signing. Was it that early? Was it that early, D- Dix? Because I I think soon S leads us into ninety two, ninety three. I don't think he lasts much longer than that though. Yeah, I thought, I thought Dix was 93. North Road, North Road, North Red says, uh, Brad Friedel. Not a bad show. Whoever, I can't remember who asked the question. I'll have to go back through, but somebody asked it. And if you want to come in with the answer, it probably was North Red that asked the question and he's giving me the answer as Brad Friedel. Uh, just let me know if that's the case. Um, look. I don't think it was Brad, I think he was later. Yeah. Look, um, Stephen Mack says, here we go. What job did John Barnes's father do and what club was Barnes' first pro team in England? Um, I it wasn't what it wasn't Watford. It was some. It was somebody before Watford, wasn't it? Right, and and the the father's job. Uh, I think he was a. He's in the army, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was in the army. I think he was in like. Um, yeah, I'm nearly sure he was an army man. And I don't know the club. I just my earliest memory of Barnes was was Watford, but it could have been something like Kingstonian Rovers. And then he just got picked up by Watford. You know what it is. Uh, but Stephen Mack will give us the answer to that. North Red. Because um, that's, that's why he ended up playing for Jamaica or something like that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Being in Jamaica because his dad was posted there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was Brad Friedel. Uh, North Red said he asked the question. So there you go, Me? Brad Friedel. Yeah, Brad oh, Friedel. Um, and I always thought it was later than that. Yeah, and I always thought Brad Friedel was brutal. And then he went on to the career he had where we messed around with goalkeeper after goalkeeper after goalkeeper. Is that Joe Corrigan was like the John Achterberg of his day. Everyone blamed him for all the keepers. Yeah, rubbish. the keepers were awful. When in hindsight, they were just crap keepers. Um, and Dicko says, we need to go to that dump on Sunday and show we are where we are and they are where they are for a reason. Uh, line yeah. up, lads. Uh, we will get to the line up later, and thanks for that. That was like a... a, a Rallying call. A, a tongue twister. Um, when you say, show where we are, as they are, are we are. Um, but, you know, we will get to a lineup. I, I, anyone I'm talking to this week, I do look for a lineup and a prediction at the end, and I will definitely get to that, uh, with Chris as well. Um, <coughs> if you listen to, if you've listened to shows during the week, you, you'll know what the lineup I feel it'll be and, and a prediction, but I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate that at the end of the show. Right. So the international break is out of the way. Uh, Trent didn't play any at all. Uh, Robertson did play, you know, Van Dyke played. You know, there's a couple of Henderson, Wijnaldum, you know, there was a fair few of them played for, for me, you know, you know, the usual lads. Um, Trent was probably the standard one that didn't, didn't get a game, but it's out of the way now and it's all systems go for 
this game away to Manchester United. Now, we have done a couple of previews on it with different people because I like different people's views all the time. And I will get Chris's thoughts on it towards the end. But just a little developing stuff over over the day. And that's been, you know, on the show last night um, while I was talking to Carl Kopak, people were reporting to us that David De Gea had gone down injured. And we were wondering, is it is it just precaution? Is it this, that, and the other? Sky Sports News today have broke the news that Paul Pogba and David De Gea has, will miss the game on Sunday. Wamba Saka was suffering what I think someone said with tonsillitis. Anthony Martial, mm. uh, is, is taught to be in contention. So is Luke Shaw. The quote from Solchard is, we'll see how they get on in training and if they can make the game, whether that's even 20, 30 minutes or a half a game, which is a little bit strange of a quote from me, considering the players they are. You know what? Shaw doesn't, I, I, I don't know why Shaw comes on for 20 minutes in a game, unless they're, they're winning and they're trying to hold out or something like that. It's a bit strange what he said, but just, just on the Pogba and the Gea, the Gea one, we'll have to see what happens with Martial and, and Wambasaka and Shaw. I expect them all to play, to be honest. But massive loss for United, Chris, or are you not really bothered either way? Uh, I think the Gea's a, a massive loss. I mean, he's an absolute, he is to us what, uh, Allison's become for other teams with teams, when they see Allison, they think, I've got to put it in the absolute corner to beat it. Yeah, great point. And you can see with Liverpool, as soon as they saw De Gea, it's like, I've got to bend it so far in the top corner, he'll never get it. And he, he had that hoodoo. I don't think he's quite at the level he was a couple of years ago, but that doesn't mean he's crap. He's just got, he's probably not at a superhuman level. He's just more of a very, very good keeper. Uh, Pomper, he's just a bit of an enigma, really, isn't he? Because... When he want, when he can, or when he wants to, he can turn a game. We've seen him do it. I think the frustration from what I hear from my friends with United fans is he doesn't do it enough, or he doesn't do it when it matters. Mm. That's probably the criticism of him. Uh, but you do know the ball falls to him thirty yards out. He has the capability of putting it top corner. So the fact that he's not playing, I think, is a bit of a bit of a winner because touch wood, hopefully they're not jinxing it. There doesn't see as many goals from midfield if he's not there because I don't see Fred as a goal. I don't see the likes of Fred and McTominay as goal-scoring midfielders. No, well, McTominay does score against Arsenal, but, you know, you're right in what you say. He doesn't get a hell of a lot of goals, and Fred is the same. Stephen Kingsbury says Lingard is out as well. I didn't know that. I genuinely didn't know that. Um, and that but, was, he, but, but he only scores a goal every six months. Yeah, but Lingard for me is the type that could turn up. He doesn't do it very often, but he is the type that can turn up every now and then and he usually has a good month. And he done it when he went away. I think he played Arsenal in the league and the FA Cup at the Emirates in a short space of time and he, he everyone thought he was a world beater when clearly he wasn't. Um, but for me, I think the guy is a huge loss for them. You know, Romero is a good backup. Don't get me wrong. Probably one of the better backups in the league, mm-hmm. but. The guy is you, which, and, and for the same reason you've just said, I, I'll agree with you. You do, when, when you're bearing down on the hair, I'm probably not over the last year or so, but, you know, any mistake he's being made has been magnified simply by the fact that they're really poor. Um, but when you're bearing down on them, some, some keepers you just slide it under or put it to the left or right, where it's this when you feel like you need to put it right inside the poster, you know, high into the net or hard or you know you you probably change our outlook going through and go when it's the hair as opposed to Romero so I think it's a huge loss I'm going to say this and I think a lot of people will disagree with me I think Pogba is a massive loss of him um, because uh, and the reason for this is 
when I look at this United team, and you've mentioned McTominay and Fred, they'll 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 probably run around all day. They'll hustle Liverpool. They'll work hard. They'll try close off passing lanes. They'll fill in gaps and stuff. But the one thing for Pogba, especially if they have Rashford and even Martial, is he's the one player that can find them with a really, really, really good long-range pass, you know, 40, 50, 60 yards. And Pogba is the sort of personality, and you've said it, and United fans say it, he doesn't turn up enough, but he'd be gunning for a game like this. He's on the telly. It's against Liverpool. We're top of the league. We're European champions. He's the one that turns up and tries, tries everything. He can be to the detriment of United at times because what he tries doesn't come off, and he doesn't really like running backwards. Um, but I, I still think he's a massive, massive loss. Um let me see. Adam says, David James is probably who we have to look out for if they set up on the counter. Is that Daniel James? Is that the left? It is Daniel James, yeah, isn't it? Daniel James, yeah, Daniel James. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was wondering why David James was playing, <laughs> playing on the wing for United Adam, but I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, but it is Daniel James. Yeah, this is the guy that pretended to be knocked out the other day when he wasn't. That was a funny story. Um, he, yeah. he got, he got dog's abuse from a uh, different, um, Different organisations about that one, uh, and the, so, so that, that, that could have worked against him because if he'd been taken off with it, um, he'd have had to do concussion tests, and if he's proven to have not to pass them, then he's fine. But if, if he had to pretend he had a concussion, he would have ruled himself out of the game then because he'd have been a, a, it's a week to ten days before he could play again. Yeah, which is which is crazy, and I don't know what he was at. I really don't. And says early goal for us could be crucial. Quiet the crowd down. Um, Quite. I think the sooner you get, I think the sooner you get a two goal lead, I think that's when Liverpool are comfortable. Yeah, you see, I, I have a feeling United fans are going to this feeling like they're big underdogs, you know, and, I, and they are underdogs in a betting sense, I suppose, but just the attitude of them going in there, I think they actually will go in going, we are massive underdogs here. You know, there won't be that bravado from United fans, I don't think. It'd be just raucous and, and loud and, and they'll try will on the, really will on the team because they know the quality is, is with Liverpool. Massive force 20 minutes always is, but if I've said it, we go out and we, we, we impose ourselves, dominate the ball. We don't have to do a hell of a lot. Just dominate the ball, quieten them down, maybe half open them up here and there. Score is great, but half open them up and put the warning signs there and put them, put them back in the box a little bit. Uh, both supporters and, and players, I think, I think it's absolutely mass, massive. Uh, North Red said, Sky Lawyers, don't believe the Sky United fan club chairman, Martin Tyler. Um, well, Derek's saying they're both out, so we'll have, we'll have to wait and see. Well, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's apparently said it as well. Yeah, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, somebody did say there, I think he's talking out of his hole. That doesn't make a massive difference. That He does he does it an awful lot. He's out of his depth. He's absolutely out of his depth. Regardless of the result here on, on Sunday, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is absolutely and utterly miles out of his depth. Um, let me see. Lingard's still a young kid. They need to they need to take their time walking him into the side. Nice one, Adam. I like that. The 27-year-old up-and-coming star. Um, retire, Mac- retire young man as well. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Mack says, told you the other night the gay fellow was out for at least a month. We'll have to wait and see. Um, he's being ruled out. Could it be a month? Could be a little more than that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not too sure exactly the extent. What the he got, uh, he got doctor abuse off the commentator when he when he went off injured. All right, because they were saying like um, he felt his hamstring in the first half, and they were going like, "Why has he got? Why has he stayed on? This is ridiculous!" And then as soon as he kicks the ball, he just doesn't move. Yeah, uh, but the commentator was getting doctor abuse, saying he was uh, it was ridiculous trying to play on. And is it um, is it is it a hamstring? Is it a groin? Is it a calf? Well, it is a groin, but we thought it was a calf. But the, uh, the report says it's groin. All right, okay. Um, 
you see, I, I just never believe any of this. And I, I know Sky have reported that and Solskjaer has said it, but I still don't believe it until I see the lineup come half three. Um, Sky also reported that Virgil van Dijk had agreed terms with Man City, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dunno says Fabinho with the strike. Um, Liz, I'd love that, Dunno. I'd love Fabinho to bash one in um, from 25 30 yards. Just absolutely lamp one in and then just go off on one. Um, even to make a 2 0, like Chris said, a 2 0 lead with Fabinho bashing one in would be amazing. Um, and Dick says, fantastic show as always, up the unbearables, thanks very much. Um, if you're on YouTube and you know people that like this sort of stuff, let them know and let them subscribe. Uh, Stephen Max says, Gav, the cans are going down rough tonight, bud. Uh, he's dying here. Um, too many cans probably, Stephen. Um, even, yeah, for, even for me that likes cans, uh, sometimes you just have to ease off that little bit, Stephen. Get yourself ready for Sunday. That's the proper day to go and sort the cans out. Uh, North Red says, I think Liverpool could get a few pens in this game. I think VAR could, figure hugely that's not a bad point that's not a bad point um especially the way liverpool play in and around box in around the, the box and that they're quite intricate and they can a little one two and any grab of the jersey now you know but listen if if it comes down to if it comes down to var um the decision is going to be made and, and the, the right one will be made in the end again I don't know when it'll be used and, and how they will use it because seriously, I'm just one of those that I can't get my head around it. I really can't. Stephen says that Pogba is the biggest myth in modern football. Fact. Um, How many World Cup winners are myths though, are they? Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not too sure on that. I just think, I think the relationship between him and the club is wrong. Um, I think the club hold on to him more for a financial value than a football one at this stage. And I think, I think there might be a bit of regret there from um Mark says a man a brace. I'd love it. Any anyone scoring, I don't care who it is. Um Andy Robertson Andy, 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 Andy Robertson could be scoring headers at the back post. Um it really it really could be one of them. Uh Dunno has a bit of advice for for, for Stephen it says get on the Russian water. You know what that is. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. It's good yeah. stuff. Uh I think the thing with Pompa, probably stealing Neil Neil Axon line is He's pro those players, a bit like Coutinho. You don't want him to be your best player, as in you want him to be the player who sets up the best player. So he hasn't got that, he hasn't got that burden on him. So he's a bit freer. I think that's possibly the problem with United is he probably is on paper their best player, whereas he was setting up a like he was in our team. He was setting up a man who like he'd be a big player, but not the best player. I think that would take a lot of the burden and, and line myself. I do think he's a big scapegoat for sometimes stuff that isn't even particularly his fault. But you know, but yeah, that's true because everything goes through Pogba. You know, he's he's our he is the record signing still, isn't he? Um, you know, he he was held up as this beacon when when he signed, and you know, we'll make it back in short sales and all this sort of stuff. That's how big the transfer was. Uh, but he was outstanding at Juventus, and what you say has a little bit of a point where he wasn't the main man at Juventus. He was he was a very good part of an extremely well drilled and well organized team that could could attack and defend brilliantly, you know. Uh, but 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 for me, I'll put it this way, if Paul Pogba was in the Liverpool squad, I reckon he gets between I reckon he gets fifteen goals a season. Easy. Absolutely easy. The key thing for Klopp would be if he as long as he as he is with all players, as long as you buy into his ways. If you don't buy into his ways he's he has no qualms with um, bidding players off, as we saw with Saka. Yeah, absolutely. Um 
Antico says he take an own goal in the ninety second minute, it would hurt him even more. I really wouldn't. I want us to go out and bash them. I want to be able to sit there with twenty minutes to go at Old Trafford and go, Yeah, that's three points, just a case of how many. Uh when Aldum to continue his goal scoring spree, says Stephen Kingsbury. Byron says Pogba wanted a new challenge and United realised he is their last asset. Um yeah, he probably is. He probably is. Stephen Max says no Pyro, no party, four one to Liverpool. Uh, Stephen, I, I don't know whether it's 4 0, 4 1, or 4 2 is your favourite now, but 4s are always, always there. Dunno says, really want Kate to shine, has it all. Dunno, I couldn't be which any more than that. I, on that one, I am. Um, just talk that maybe will you take Henderson now? I seen someone say the other day, the last time Henderson played two full games for England in an international break, he didn't start for Liverpool the following weekend. I think it might be Milner if he does make that change, yeah. but I would love, do you know what would be perfect? If Liverpool were 2 0 up on 65. Okay, and United, the air were going out, the air was going out with United, and you brought on a Keita. And you brought on a Keita for a one album, and you said to him, do you know what, every time you get it, I want you to run at them. I just want you to run at them, and really go with them, and it could be amazing, because I think genuinely, Keita is a fabulous footballer. He just needs, one, the fitness, and two, the run of games, and stay fit during that run of games, when he's starting, to, when he's starting to find real form, like he did the last time he was, he had a run in the team. Um, but, just on, just the last thing on Pogba, they should have built the team around them. They should have absolutely built the side around them. And I know that contradicts the, you know, don't want them to be our best player. But look, you don't have to build a team around your best player. You don't have to. You can have a just most. Put, you can have a most. Go on. Build to his best. Build to his best assets. So his best asset. You know, he can defend, but he's much better going forward. So if McTominay and Freddie are best defensive options, and he's in front of them, then he's he's fine. He can then set up. Whatever front three they want. Yeah, but the, key, but, the key, but the key to that, Chris, is if you have McTominay and Fred and they know their job is to, you know, not even press, but to, but to block avenues and, and, and get stuck in and win the ball and get it to Pogba, that, that's okay. And you go, oh, well, I'll put Martial left and I'll put Fragman, say Daniel James right and I'll put Rashford up front. That's fine. But the problem you have is if you want to give Pogba a little bit of freedom, the lads left and right have to work very, very hard. They have to. You know what they I mean? They do, but I suppose... In some ways, is that probably why they bought Wan Pasaka, who isn't the greatest going forward, but then it gives you that solid base where you only have one fullback at attack. I know we we're different because we do two fullbacks that plays wingers, mm. but maybe that's where Wan Pasaka is used more as the the extra, almost like defensive option. You know what I mean? Because you can push it more as a defensive cover. Yeah, I just it's just uh, I just think if they, if they'd have went and said we're going to get. Not even two defensive midfielders, but two hard-working midfielders around them. You know, or even, or even when something like 4-4 and then just stuck him off the front man. Mm. You know what I mean? Something along them lines. A bit like Gerard and Torres. Yeah, yeah. You know, when he just stuck Gerard, Gerard in there and said, if you stuck a pog bit in there and said, right, you're playing off Rashford every week and we look after the rest. Fine. You know what I mean? But look, enough of them. Um, I think it's. I think it is a boost for Liverpool for them too, in particular, to be missing. I'm not too bothered on Shaw. I'm not too bothered on Wan Bissaka. Uh, Martial, yeah, he could give, take him or leave him. But coming back, he's probably looking at a half an hour. He could be an option if they're down and they feel like they could get something out of the game. Um, and and says he's got a feeling City will drop points away to Palace again. Do you know what? I was only thinking about this today. Chris, do you can, can you see them dropping points? Because I have a feeling, although they've, no. they haven't struggled there, they should have been beaten two seasons ago. Um, Milohojevic misses a penalty and they go 2-0 up there last season. I think 
Palace get one back, but they're quite comfortable. I think they're going to bash Palace on Saturday. I think they're going to smash it because I don't think... Like Palace at home are horrific. They're a brilliant away side, but they are crap at home. And the other thing is, we're, we're relying on Roy Hodgson to remember he's to try and forget that he's Roy Hodgson. And at some point, that always happens. That he remembers he's Roy Hodgson, and they just go back to being pretty bang average. Yeah, should should they should Palace travel to say Edinburgh on Saturday or Friday, right? And then Saturday morning fly to London and treat it like an away game. It might suit them to be honest. And give, give City the home dressing room and the whole lot and, you know, everything else and call out the City team forced on the Tannoy and, you know, all that sort of thing just to make it yeah. feel like a, like a, uh, like, a, like an away game. Yeah, the access that you give Palace is, you know, there's talk Stones is back, but obviously he's been out for six weeks, is, you know, potentially if they can get Zaha and even Ayu, there's not, I know he's not a great player, he's a quick player, one-on-one with those centre-backs, as we saw Wolves do, that could at least give City a couple of problems, but I just can't see Palace getting the ball off them. I just don't think they're good enough to get the ball off them to hurt City, sadly. Well, we'll have to wait and see. You know, uh, Stephen says an evening game at Selhorse can always be tricky. We'll have to just wait and see, genuinely. Um, mm. I- I'd love to see I'd love to see Palace go ahead in that, or even hold City to half-time and see what way City react, because I-, I think the reaction from City when they're this far behind Liverpool is completely night and day to the one where they knew that if they won most games last season they would go back ahead of Liverpool it's all it's all in the head really isn't it Alan says there's 90 points left to play for I think 70 points is what we need to win the league uh, 70 would give us 94 um, yeah I'd be in around that I would be in around that uh, I, I've said at the start of the season I think 30 wins uh, 5 draws and even 3 defeats I think wins are for you that's that's my opinion. Um, I did say that, and I do do a countdown on Twitter every time Liverpool win. We yeah. are down to twenty two, and hopefully twenty one are around what half six, seven o'clock on Sunday. Uh, look, I can't leave without talking to you about the actual game, your lineup, your prediction, how you feel it will go, and what you'd like to see Liverpool do. I absolutely hate these games. Yeah, it's the. I think on the clock, these are the only two games I, I ever get particularly like United and Goodison away because they, they're those games where you think it doesn't matter what form we're in, there always needs to be something that's not that goes against you. And also, I've seen plenty of awful Liverpool sides beat United at home, which is bizarre when you see the things we've beaten. But I, I can't see us not winning at the moment because on paper, I think we have too many options to cause them issues. Uh, gut feeling is I think we go to the Champions League 11 mm-hmm. I agree uh, if Henderson's if they want to rest one of the midfield then I think it will be uh, Milner in for Henderson mm-hmm. I don't think it's a game to throw catering when he's not played for three or four months yeah so that's my gut feeling mm-hmm. and watch your, watch your gut feeling on a, on a prediction score wise 3-1 exact same as me mm. exact same as me the last thing on it, what way do you want to see Liverpool approach this? Do you want us to come out and see what United have and then react? Do you want us to come out and make it a mayhem game and be, be confident that we could be, they get the better of them? Or do you want us to come out and say, we are who we are, as somebody said there earlier on, and this is the way we play and we're going to play it, whether it's at Old Trafford or anywhere else? What way would you like to see them do it? Probably similar to that we played buying away last year. Okay. 
where we kind of controlled, could try to control the ball, mm-hmm. and only Harry and then just press them high when we get the ball, and then just look for the gaps in behind because I do think if he does throw in one for Saka, for example, and Lindelof, you've got to be saying to Mane, right, as soon as we get the ball, just just put some behind them. Let's see how fit they are because mm-hmm. they fit, but I don't think match fit. Yeah, uh, and I, at some point there is that part where he goes. At some point, Salah's got to have a good game against Man United. It's you know every you know not you can't be brilliant every game, but United needs to be a bit have a little bit of a hoodoo over him. And I think at some point that's got to that's got to change. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, I'd like to actually see sometimes you know probably a bit like we did against Leicester, just start Salah on the left just for a change and start Manny on the right. Just just something that. They're not expecting. They'll play Ashley Young thinking he's going to mark Salah. Mm, absolutely, yeah. So, just something like that. Put, or put Salah through the middle and start Firmino on the left. Just something that they're not expecting. Don't change the lineup. Just change the front three's order. Yeah. Well, I, I, think that could, I think that confused Leicester when we did that at Anfield. Yeah, they nearly went with two number 10s um, yeah. against Leicester to try to confuse the situation. And did for, for, for the vast majority. North Red says, um, just as you were saying this North Red hype, I see Salah scoring and I reckon a pen <clears throat> finished 3 uh, 0. Dunno says controlled aggression. I like that. I like controlled aggression. I think it's um, it's a very good way of putting it. Very controlled, but, but aggressively going to look look for their weaknesses and stamp your authority. I think it's absolutely I, huge. I, I could see I could see United Red in this game. Do you know what? I, I, I could see. I, I agree with you. I think if if Liverpool go in and play as they can play. And then the crowd starts to leave early or torn on them. I don't think they'll torn on them. I think there'll be it'll be just a resignation from United fans if it does go this way. But you could see a few United players, mainly Ashley Young, to be perfectly honest, with you throwing something in there. Um, maybe a Fred, maybe even maybe even a Lindelof, something something a bit crazy. But it, it's uh, Stephen says he wants Liverpool to put the fear of God into them. I do as well. I I I don't. I'm not a fan of going out and seeing what other teams have because we know what they have and we feel we have more so we should be going and showing that more from, from minute one. I think it's huge if they do play Ashley Young that Salah makes sure that he's not standing with his, you know, his, um, his back, you know, to goal all the time with, you know, with Young right behind him and, and nipping at him and, and being aggressive towards him and, you know, trying to muscle him because in these sort of games, that little bit of muscle is, you, you're let away with it. In more yeah. so than in other games, you know, that it's, it could be frantic. It does a, does a proper atmosphere. You know, referees can get a little bit, not, not caught up in it, but they do let a little bit more go. I'd love to see, I'd love to see Salah stay as wide as he can. And even if he has to drop 10 yards and stay wide and get the ball one on one with Ashley Young and, and running at him, I, I think that's, I think it's a massive thing in the game, an absolutely massive thing in the game. Don't ask me why. I just feel that if we can get Salah on the half tone for the majority, I think, I think it's, um, I think it's a really, really, really good move. Um, I think that's about it. I think that's all. Uh, me and Chris are going for 3-1. We always, I have and he has, um, agreed with me. We're going for the same team and we feel, I do feel Kate might be in with a show if he doesn't go with Henderson. I, I put my hand up and say that, but the more likely I think your show with Milner is more possible if Henderson is, uh, is left on the bench for this one. Um, Dunno says, uh, he reckons Trent will leave one on James early. Yeah, he could do, but you know what? 
I wouldn't mind Daniel. Ja- I wouldn't mind Daniel James going at, at Trent a couple of times and trying to show how good he has become um, defensively and just literally worn him off a little bit or, or burst his bubble that little bit. Barry Carr says that Goldbridge reckons it's nil all. I fear he could be correct. There's no way this game is nil all. Not a fucking chance. I, I, I know. I know. I, I saw that in too. I think what he was saying was because everyone expects it to be a goal fest, which you think it would be. He says he thinks United's only hope is defend their lives because actually that's probably their better option because they can't attack mm, I, I, the, one, the one thing he did say which I think he's right about is he says it doesn't matter the game is 0-0 or 6 as Liverpool Solskjaer won't go because he says he doesn't think if Solskjaer goes and he says whoever they bring in says the problems are still there uh, he agrees Solskjaer's out of depth but he thinks until the board's fixed that club's going to be in trouble for some time. Yeah, but like we've, we, I've spoken about the board of Manchester United quite a bit and, and the structure of the club, and I've heard things like, you know, Solskjaer, like I've heard from Gold, Mark Goldbridge saying, oh, there's no way Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going anywhere. He's perfect for what they're looking for him to do, and that's just mm-hmm. to keep the team going because they're making money. The second thing is, I've heard quotes that apparently have come out of Manchester United saying, we just need to make it to January. Could it be a case that they're going to trust Solskjaer with all that money? I think it'd be foolish. But also, could it be a case of someone's in the background waiting to take the job and are, are picking players they want um, to come yeah. in and, and, and bed in for six months before they take over? It's a, uh, it's look, it's 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 one of those. But <clears throat> we will we will discuss it a little bit more as we get closer to the time. Uh, what have I got for the rest of the week? I'm looking to get a United fan on on Friday night. I know that much. Tomorrow night, Keith will be joining me. Uh, Keith Cross, really good guest that was on me a week or two ago. He's going to join me and have a, his thoughts on it. So it literally is Liverpool versus Manchester United week. We can't get away from it. If anything else comes up, we'll try to keep an eye on it and bring it into the show. If you see anything else that comes up, a bit like the De Gea injury last night or, you know, Rashford is, or not Rashford, Lingard is out or anything you see like that or anything, you know, Alisson's back, stuff like that. If you see that and, um, you think it's, you can throw it into the show. Absolutely throw it in. The the comments are what makes this most nights, that, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, a few more comments before we go. The amount of boys we had stay at Melwood this week was great. We won't see Hendo. Who comes in? For me, it's Nabby. Barry, I'd agree with you in, in theory, but I think in practice, I think it will be Milner. I have to agree with Chris on that one. If United play their best game since Ole got the job full-time, uh, United get a nil all, but that won't happen. Uh, Dixon reminds us that um, we are the champions of Europe. Thanks very much. I am. I always like to be reminded of that. Uh, North Red says, Goldbridge is me in the 90s when you couldn't bear to be honest. He's he's a long road ahead of him. <laughs> Dave's LFC chat says, hi Reds. Uh, thumbs up to Gav. Hey Dave, how are you my man? Uh, Barry Carr, Goldbridge has a bit of a gag on him. Can't speak freely for fear of ruining his fancy. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't. I, I don't. I, 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 I think he's quite brutally honest because whenever United lose, he's become a bit like Arsenal fans see what did Goldbridge do? But in fairness to him, whenever United lose, he's pretty up front to go, we were crap. It's never, oh, we were lucky with the ref. Right? He just goes, no, we were crap. Yeah, Football's no. crap. I think I think yeah I think he is I think he is fairly fairly honest and he's fairly um straight down the line. Uh, and you, t- you have to admire him for that. The fancy stuff, that might be a bit of truth in, you know, he has a business to protect. That's, that's fair enough. Well, that's why, that's why he acts like, uh, Alan Partridge, because that, that, that way the, uh, one line's goes, are brilliant. Yeah. yeah. He's a I've said it before and I've said it again. He's, he's, a, he's a genius. He really is. For what he's done, he's a genius. Dunno says, what's Grizz's prediction? Grizz's prediction is 1-1. One, one. 
um, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to try to have Grizzle on Friday night to explain himself. And I, I feel he should explain himself um, because it's fucking out of order, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, Barry Make sure Car- you get the Huh? Make sure you get the context of it. Oh, yeah, we'll have to get the context. Um, <laughs> tell me this. Did anybody hear Grizzle's stories about uh, camels on Sunday night? Um, if you haven't, go back and listen to it. He talks about camels and he talks about the keto diet. And my God, um, it was 12 minutes long, I think, the the end of the show with the random questions. And it's one of the best 12 minutes I've ever had in Grizz's company. It was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, 90 minutes away from chanting ch- uh, Champions of Europe, says Barry Carr. Absolutely. Uh, Stephen says, walking out on Sunday as the European Champions and eight points clear is sheer bliss. Yeah, let's make it. Let's hope City drop points and maybe... You know, you never know. We go and win and we can make it 10 or 11. But 8 will do me. 8 will absolutely do me come, uh, if City win, 8 will absolutely do me come Sunday evening. Um, let me see. Dave's LFC chat says 2-1 to Liverpool. Salah and Mane. Uh, Barry says camels question mark. Barry, go back. Uh, the show is called, uh, Double Decker Camels. It's from Sunday night. If you don't want to listen to the football stuff and the Manchester United stuff and the Liverpool stuff, don't. Go to about 53, 54 minutes and you'll hear two random questions at the end. And Grizz literally has me in tears. He's an absolute madman. Uh, Byron says, uh, ha, 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 flying on camels. Yeah, that's all I'm going to give away, Byron, uh, for anybody that hasn't uh, watched or listened. It's available on YouTube. It's available on all your podcast apps. So whatever's easiest for you. Um, maybe Ireland beat the Kiwis. Uh, not a chance. In the rugby? No, no way. Um not a chance. It's not happening. Right, that's it. That's the Fatback for Daily. Chris, thanks a million for joining me. We've gone 47 minutes. We've been a bit bold tonight. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, mate. No problem at all. I will talk to you at some stage next week, no doubt. That has been the Fatback for Daily. It's been your Wednesday show. We look forward to you tomorrow night, myself and Keith. Um, I might drag someone else on along uh, to come along and talk with us tomorrow. That's it. Over now. Now, sir. Okay, Rose, we're second in line. Perfect, Rose. You remembered the birth certificate? Yes, and we have our electric bill. Excellent. We'll be Real ID ready in no time. Real ID ready to visit our grandson, Ricky, at Fort Bragg, then fly to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Pardon me, are you talking to yourself? Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I am. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash realid. When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Podcast Network.